The following lecture was delivered at the 12th Annual National Jewish Retreat in Palm Desert, California, a project of the Roar Jewish Learning Institute. We hope you enjoy the lecture, and we encourage you to visit jretreat.com for information on upcoming retreats. Rabbi Israel Lau will now present his lecture, Speak to the Heart of Jerusalem. Fifty years ago, few weeks after the Six-Day War, few weeks after the unity of Jerusalem, liberating the Kotel, I received a postcard which surprised me very much because the address, it came from Kibbutz Negba. Negba is Shomer Atzair on the left wing of the Israeli society, very, very far from religion. The only thing they had, I knew, one of their members was the Minister of Agriculture, Minister of the Israeli government, member of that kibbutz Negba. His name was Israel Barzilai. Let his memory be blessed. He was the first ambassador of Israel to Poland after the establishment of the Israeli state. And later on, as I told you, Minister of Agriculture. He used to buy every Friday near his office in Tel Aviv two chales, chale, and to bring it with them, with him to Kibbutz Negba. There were about 1,000 members in that kibbutz. A huge dining room, maybe like ours here. But everyone who worked and served that evening of Friday night in the kibbutz knew that the two chales will be on the table of Israel Barzilai, they called him Yolek, Yolek. This was the remembrance of Shabbat in the kibbutz. No kiddush, no netilat yadaim, no birkat amazon, bracing on the foot, nothing. But two halot, all the rest were bread, or maybe pita. That's what I knew about Yiddishkeit, Jewishness in the kibbutz negma. What is in the postcard? The postcard speaks one of the members in kibbutz, born in the kibbutz, is now 30 years old in the 30s. Yehonatan is the name. His father was from one of the founders of the kibbutz, very far from religion. And in few words, he said, during the war, the Six-Day War, I met in the army very good soldiers. They volunteered to every hard mission and they were orthodox. They were observant Jews. Before we went to the battlefield or training, they used to dove with feeling. For me, born in Kibbutz Negba, feeling belonged to an old generation of the Jewish people, not today. They are not up to date, but they fought and they were good members, solidarity. I 
try to speak for them. What makes us one? What, what am I? What are you? One of them asked me to join him for Shabbat in Kibbutz. Kibbutz was Day Eliyahu in the north on the Jordan. I was Shabbat there, like in our kibbutz in Negba. Agriculture, working, all things. And still, they learn, they daven, they do everything. I was very, very interested about religious life. What does it mean? How do you get to it? So I asked this friend from the army, and he said to me, this is all of the postcard, look, I am too young, and I didn't learn enough to give you answer of all your questions. There is a young rabbi 50 years ago, a young rabbi in Tel Aviv, Rabbi Lau. I will give you his address. Ask him if you have a question. I never met him also, but I know him from the media. He speaks very nice. Ask him. I came to Kibbutz Beck, Negba, and I told my friends about my experience. They had the same experience. They met Jewish people like them, but Orthodox, and they were farmers, agriculturists, and fighters. With the tefillin, with the sidur, with the Shabbat. I asked you, he writes to me, if you are ready to come to our kibbutz to give a lecture, what means to be an observant Jew? What does it mean? How do you get it, and etc. How much does it cost? Will it cost? And transportation, whatever. It was a negative. An hour and a half drive from Tel Aviv, no more. Almost two hours. Immediately I answered to him, no problem. I agree, of course. I will be glad to come to Negba to talk to you. I am very excited of your short letter. You don't have to pay me anything. This is my duty, my task in life, to explain Judaism. And uh, I will be there. And I have my car, private car, I drive. Don't worry. I had two friends younger than me. They were in the yeshiva in Tel Aviv. One of them was here Shabbat. Lives in Los Angeles today, Zvika Reisman. Zvika was one of the two, the other one was Yossi Knop. I told them about going to Kibbutz Negba. They said, we will be heavy, happy, more than happy to join you to see a Kibbutz of Hashomer Atzair and how you deal with them. But a telephone didn't come for a long time. I gave him my phone number, called me. And we will make the arrangements. When do you want it? Months ago. 
three, four, maybe five months till the telephone came. Yehonatan of Nagba is calling you. When will you come? I will tell you why it's so late. I didn't answer immediately. When I came with these two boys, he told me that the elderly people of the kibbutz opposed inviting a rabbi to the kibbutz. Why do you need a rabbi? They said to Yehonatan and to his friends. It's old-fashioned. It's not up-to-date anymore. If you want, ask a man of sports, a man of economics, a man who will tell you about literature, about theater, about cinema, a politician, a rabbi? Why do you need a rabbi? They brought it to a vote in the assembly of all the members in kibbutz. And the assembly asked that Yonatan, why do you ask to bring here a rabbi in kibbutz? He said, look, what are you afraid? That after one lecture, I will be religious as well? If you rely on me, in the army and in all the works here in the kibbutz, please trust me. I have my own mind. I can make my decisions. I'm not a child anymore. So they voted. The majority was to bring the rabbi. This way it took some months, months till I received a phone call, please come, and we fixed a date. I came, he told me. The dining room of the kibbutz, as I told you, was huge, over a thousand seats. I saw where is the table and the microphone for the lecturer. I went there with that Yonatan. In front, the first lines were kept by the elderly people of the kibbutz with their back to this table, to this podium. To demonstrate against bringing a rabbi to that kibbutz. I started to speak. Finally, I spoke from 9 o'clock p.m. till 2 o'clock a.m. Five hours. None of these elderly people was with the back to me. They all moved and turned around during those five hours. Sooner or later, they were with me. And I spoke about, especially, we call in Yiddish, the Pintaleyid, the Jewish point. Every one of us, Jews all over the world, all the diaspora and all the generations, has inside of him a point which leads him more to faith, to religion. Small or great, big or small, something it must be. 
And I bring, I brought a, an example. A few months ago, I said, was the Six-Day War. You remember when the paratroopers of Saal, of the IDF, arrived to the Kotel, Yerushalayim, the old city of Yerushalayim. They never touched the stones before. They never visited the old city before. Because 19 years, it was closed for Israel. It was under the control of Jordanian king. The old city. And they were only 19 or 20. So they never were in Yerushalayim, in the old city. And still their behavior there, when they arrived to the Kotel, they cried. They sang Yerushalayim Shel Zahav and other songs. They asked for Tfilin. They said, Shehecheyanu. A blessing, Baruch Atah Hashem, Shecheyanu, you gave us life till now. They danced. You have movies. You can see it even now. This was, I told that in Kibbutz, for example, the Pintaleid came out. They didn't know themselves that they have it. It came out in that particular moment while arriving to the Western Wall for the history of the Jewish people from the first and the second temple. They didn't know to express it. How? Dancing, singing, crying, davening. One of the members in that kibbutz turned to and said to me with anger, why do you make a, a noise of that arriving to the cotton of the paratroopers? It has nothing to do with Jerusalem. It has nothing to do with the cotton. You use it, you, you and us, us and you, like two nations. You use it, I use it. For what? I said, didn't they cry? Didn't they daven? Didn't they sing? Ask Yonata. Ask the friends of Yonata. Some of them were there. They were the dancing people. She said, yes, I know, but it has nothing to do with Yerushalayim. It is very simple. They knew that while arriving to the Kotel, the war is finished for them. The war came to an end by liberating the old city. And after three weeks of suspense, and after very heavy battlefields in those days of the Six-Day War, and after losing some of their friends in the battlefield, they expressed the end of the war all by singing, or by crying, whatever. It has nothing to do with Jerusalem. It's only because it, this was 
the end of the war. I said to her, Mrs. Listen to me. This was on Wednesday, 11 o'clock a.m. Only 47 hours later, on Friday, 10 a.m., the first soldiers of the IDF, tankists, came to the Suez Canal. They conquered the Gaza Strip, Gaza, Rafa, Hanunes, and many others. They have liberated the Sinai Desert, which is two and a half times as big as the whole state of Israel. What was the picture there on Friday, 10 o'clock, on the bank, the eastern bank of the Suez? on the border of Egypt, crying, weeping, dancing, singing, davening, asking for filling, none of these. They just put themselves on the sand to have some rest. End of six days war. Also three weeks of suspense very hard battles, losing the two commandments, three, Ehud Elad, Shammai Kaplan, Ilan Yekuel, from the same battalion who arrived to the Suez, they lost three officers. I mentioned the name even now, 50 years later. And it didn't happen, nothing of the kind of the Kotel of Yerushalayim. Let me go on. 36 later, the IDF won the battle in the Golan Heights. Maybe it was the most difficult there. Tel Pachar, Dardara, Darbashie, Kunetra, the Mount of Hermon. They saw the enemy in his eyes, in his white of his eyes, face to face. And two officers were killed, Shoham, Alton, and Motsai Shabbat. For them was also the war was over. So they cried, they danced, they sang, they asked for a prayer book, no. If this is your answer, Mrs. End of the war. End of the war was not only in Yerushalayim. It was in the Suez, in Sinai, in the Golan Heights. Why do you deny facts? Why can't you see reality in your eyes? Maybe you have no explanation. Maybe you cannot tell me why it happened in Yerushalayim for your students she is a teacher in this higher school there. You have no explanation. How come? For them, Yerushalayim, they never dubbed to Yerushalayim. They never said the Amida, Yerushalayim, Tashuv. 
They never said Birkat Amazon Uvnei Yerushalayim Mira Kodesh Bimhera Beyameinu Soon in our days Built Yerushalayim They didn't say it in their lives So how come That they felt in Yerushalayim Differently than in many other places And only in Yerushalayim must be something in it. Say, I don't know the answer. But don't false the reality. Don't false the history. This is the history. You can deny, you cannot deny past. What happened, happened. You don't know why. Maybe I also have no answer. But let me try together with you, in your permission, Try to answer. It's a good question. What happened? Why did it happen? Only in Yerushalayim. And another question. We have four days every year of fast. Not food, no drink. No water in memory of destruction of Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. Tisha B'Av, 10 days ago, three weeks earlier, the 17th of Tammuz, when the wall of Yerushalayim was broken by the Babylonians, the 10th of Tevet, just after Hanukkah, when the Babylon started to close Jerusalem before its destruction, and the third day of Tishrei, day after Rosh Hashanah, when the leader of the survivors after the war with Babylonians, Gedaliah ben Achikam, was murdered. Four days every year, we fast to remember what happened in Yerushalayim. Tell me another nation or religion who is doing the same. The Roman Empire was destroyed, defeated by Hannibal, ruler of Carthago. Rome Empire collapsed. Ask the Italians if they have one day of remembrance what happened to Roma, their capital, beloved and admired city. Ask the Italians. They don't know a date. The capital city of Greek, Athens, Atuna, was defeated by the Romans. Ask the Greek of today if they know when did it happen, what day did it happen, if they fast. Beautiful, classic Athens. Persia, Persia of Khomeini, yeah. And Khamenei and Ahmadinejad, 
They were defeated by the Greek. It was an empire. 127 policies, cities were under the ruler of Persia, like Xerxes, Koresh, Daryavish. In the city that it wasn't Tehran, the name was Shushan, the capital city. When did it happen? What day? Ask the Iranians. They don't know, because such a day doesn't exist. Babylon was defeated by the Persians. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babel, destroyed Jerusalem, first temple. But Babylon itself was destroyed by the Persians. When? Where is Babylon today? Iraq. As the rulers of Iraq or the American forces in Iraq today, when is the day of uh, mourning in Iraq? The main city was Baghdad, as now. Syria, King Sanheriv, King Shalman Eser, King Tiglatpil Eser, King Paul, all the names from the Bible. History. What is the day of destruction of Syria? The old classic Syria. No one knows. Only we have four days of mourning Jerusalem. Why? How come? The answer is in four words of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter Mem. Mem is 40. We read this after a week ago, eight days ago. Nachamu, nachamu ami. I want to comfort you, my people. Yomare Lokechem will say you God. And the first sentence is Dabru speak al lev Jerusalem on the heart of Jerusalem. Speak on the heart of Jerusalem. Does Jerusalem has a heart and heart? What is Jerusalem? A city. What is a city? Trees, stones, buildings, roads. What is a city? All these items have a heart. Speak on the heart of Jerusalem. And this is the first sentence of comfort on 37 chapters. 37. From Mem to Sabachvav to 66. Speaking about the redemption the full redemption of the people of Israel, the first title is Speak on the Heart of Jerusalem. What does it mean? How can it be realized to speak on the heart of a city? Yeah. If someone comes to a doctor, a physician, complaining about all kinds of sufferings, here and there, he cannot sleep well, he cannot eat. The doctor sends him to make all kinds of tests, blood tests, Rentgen, all kinds, EKG. After a few days, he comes back with all the results of the tests. The doctor looks at them, 
if he finds that the heart is okay, the EKG is well, all the other problems he said, okay, we will give you medical treatment, we'll give you some pills, a syrup here and there, don't worry, we will overcome. But if, God forbid, the EKG shows that the situation of the heart is not good, the heart is sick. Oh, if the heart is sick, the whole body is under danger of its very existence. The heart is the key to the health of the whole body. The prophet Isaiah, who lived in Jerusalem, died in Jerusalem, he said to his people, to us, Dabru al, speak about. Live, the heart is Jerusalem. Not to speak to the heart of Jerusalem. Jerusalem has no heart, it's a city. Trees and stones. You have to speak about one issue, that the heart of the Jewish nation is Jerusalem. And if the heart is, is working w correctly, the whole body is not on the danger of its existence. He will survive. He will continue. He will live. But if God forbids the heart is sick, and the connection to Jerusalem of some people is disconnection. There is a danger for the very existence of the continuity and the eternity of this man, of his family, of this nation. Dabru al, speak on, live Jerusalem. That the left, the heart of us is Jerusalem. If you will speak about it, you will always remember Jerusalem and what it means. And we did it. This was the last will of the prophet Isaiah. We did it. Three times a day. Shacharit, Mincha, and Ma'ariv. The three prayers, daily prayers. There is a chapter. Jerusalem, your city, please return to it in your mercy. Baruch Hashem. Blessed are you, God. Bone Jerusalem, the builder of Jerusalem. Three times a day. We cannot forget. It's like that, not like the Roman and the Greek and the Persian and the Babylonians and the Syrian and the, all the others. And disappeared. You eat, you have to bench after eating. In the benching, you add one sentence. Uvnei Yerushalayim irakodesh Rebuild Jerusalem, the holy city, soon in our lives. Baruch Hashem, Yerushalayim. Amen. That's the word. Every time. You are getting married. You go to the chuppah. You take a whole glass and the groom breaks the glass under the chuppah. Why? 
because in the Psalms is written, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand be forgotten. If I will not remind you, O Jerusalem, on the head of my happiness, the head, the climax of my happiness in life is the wedding, the chuppah. And I remind you to show my house is going to be rebuilt. Oh, but something is still broken. The memory of the destruction of Jerusalem, Jerusalem first and second temple. So we break under the chuppah. Would you believe? There are two nights in the calendar, in the Jewish calendar, they are the most popular evenings. One of them is the night of Seder, Seder Pesach. The whole evening is dedicated to the memory of going out from Egypt. But still, in the climax of the Haggadah, of Pesach, we say one sentence. Lishana Haba'ah, next year, Birushalayim Habluya. In Jerusalem. What has it to do with Pesach? Nothing. But we use the popularity of this evening. The whole family is gathered around the table of the Seder, Passover Seder. Let's remind Jerusalem. Because the prophet said, Dabru, I'll speak on Lev Jerusalem. This is the heart. And the second evening, we fast the whole day of Yom Kippur. You ask forgiveness from the Lord Almighty. At the end of Yom Kippur, what is the end? Not Avinu Malkeinu Chatanu Lefanecha. We make sins. No. The end of Yom Kippur is one sentence. Leshana Haba'ah Birushalayim Abluya. What does it do with Yom Kippur? But you are here in Shul. You are all in gathered in Neila, the prayer of Neila, the end of Yom Kippur. Say about Yerushalayim that this was unforgotten. I said many times, if the grandmothers of the paratroopers of Sahal wouldn't cry in Tisha for Yerushalayim, the grandchildren, the paratroopers of Saal, wouldn't behave like they behaved when they arrived at the Kotel. The tears of grandmothers, all the generations, and the blood of the children come from the same well. The Jewish history, the Jewish tradition, the Jewish heritage. It comes from the same way. That Yonatan of Kibbutz Negba and his friends, when they enter to the old city of Jerusalem, in the midst of the war, they came there first time in their life, but they came like someone who returns back home. They didn't understand it themselves, but this was for them the home. And when someone after 2,000 years returns back home, he's excited. Or he sings, or he cries, or he dances, 
or he prays, he wants to express himself. That's what happened. In the end, you remember that in the time of the Iron Curtain, the Soviet Union was closed for Jews. And Jews from the Soviet Union couldn't go on Aliyah to go to Israel. A group of young Jewish people from Leningrad, today it's St. Petersburg, they caught an airplane. And they wanted in that airplane, one of them was a pilot, Eduard Kozhnetsov, wanted to escape from Leningrad to Finland, this half an hour flight from the Soviet Union to Helsinki, Finland. And then they are free. They can go on on Aliyah to Israel. They were kept. They were brought to the jail, to the uh, judge, first of all. They were sentenced. Two of them were sentenced for death or for life. Many others. 20 years, 12 years. One of them was a girl, Silva Zalmansan. She was the wife of that Eduard Kozhnitz, of the pilot. And it was three weeks after their wedding. She was 26 years old. Silva Zalmansan, remember the name. She stood in the judge front in front of the judge, the Russian, Soviet, and he told her, you are sentenced for 12 years. She had only one kidney. If you go to Siberia for 10 years, if you survive it, you are 26, but indeed you are much older. And he said to her, you have the right to say a few words before you go to prison. She lifted up her right hand and said in Hebrew, not a religious girl, Imeshkachech Yerushalayim, Tishkach Yemeni. Judge said, here is a Soviet court. You have to speak in Soviet language. Say it in Russian. What did you say? She said in Russian, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, May my right hand be forgotten. This was the only sentence she said. She was released from the prison a few, few years later, not 10 years, less. I met her in Tel Aviv in Seder of Pesach. I asked her, Silva, <laughs> how come you are not from a frum, a religious home? You were not in a Jewish school, any kind of Jewish education. You were a, a part of the Komsomol, the communist, atheistic youth movement. Where? And who put these words in your mouth at that particular moment? How come? She said, I had many years enough years 
to think over about it. Rabbi, I have no answer. I don't know. I knew that sentence from the Bible, but to say it and to remember in Hebrew, I don't speak Hebrew, to remember it and to say it in the words of King David, the founder of the Psalms, some thing from heaven put these words in my mouth at that particular moment. And it became a part of the history. This is the prophecy of Isaiah. Dabru al speak on about Lev Yerushalayim. That the heart of the Jewish nation is Yerushalayim. Thank you. Please visit myjli.com to learn more about JLI's multiple educational offerings and toracafe.com to view highlights and lectures from past retreats.